Hello and welcome to episode 32 of Linux After Dark. I'm Joe. I'm Chris. I'm Kerry. And I'm Dalton. Welcome back, chaps. So the holiday season is upon us, and that means one thing, travel. And so that means travel tech. Gary, you travel the most, so we'll come to you in a bit. But uh, Dalton, what travel tech do you rely on? At the moment, I'm kind of having a crisis of what travel tech I need to rely on, because the only things I really have left are the framework laptop, which is completely inappropriate for travel, and uh, stuff that is actually works and not mine. So, being on a plane? Everything's going to die. Probably before I get there, just because it's asleep. Because standby drone. <laughs> you need to buy just several of those big batteries, the ones that you're just about allowed to travel with. You know what the terrible thing is? I have one. I've done the math. It isn't going to last. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't really know. I think I'm just going to wing it with maybe the Steam Deck and my Android phone. The Steam Deck should be interesting. I got a nice case for it that means that it's not going to break anything else's screen with its joysticks, and nothing's going to break its screen. So, that should be fun. But if I don't have enough room, then I'll probably just take a Switch. That's the Nintendo one, not the network one. Well, that leads me on to me, because I always carry a router. <laughs> so, I mean, genuinely, I, I'm obsessed with the little GLINet uh, routers. And originally I had one that's very, very small, just with two uh, Ethernet ports on it and just 2.4 gigahertz. Now I've got a slightly bigger one, which is dual band. And it's just handy because if I'm traveling where I know the network is reasonably secure, I'll connect to it. But if I'm traveling like in an Airbnb or anywhere else, I always want that there because it's basically a little firewall and LAN that I bring with me. And the dual band is handy because you can pick a band to connect on and then extend on the other one your own LAN. And they're just really, really handy to fit in your bag. The sad thing is that recently, I think because of the component shortage as well, there used to be that it would come with its own firmware they design, which is great. And it's very simple. And you can get to OpenWRT, which it runs underneath. And you could flash it with OpenWRT if you wanted. But now the newer ones have hacky SOCs. You can't flash vanilla OpenWRT on. And so you're stuck. So they're losing their sheen a little bit. But that's the first thing that I have at the bottom of my bag. Because the, the new one's about the size of a packet of cigarettes. And the uh, old one was even smaller than that. So they're micro USB powered as well. So as long as you've got a cable and something USB, I think they only need one amp to run as well. One thing that I do have to travel with a lot is enough, or rather the correct cables. <laughs> if you ever gotten anywhere and you just don't have the right cable for something or you don't have the charger. So it turns out that basically everything that has a proprietary or weird charging port at this point has a USB-C adapter for it. That's one thing I've noticed. So like, the Microsoft Surface, you can get an adapter to plug it into USB-C because everything before the 9 is it, the proprietary Surface docking connector. ThinkPads also have that kind of adapter. That's a godsend. I take usually like a USB brick that has four ports on it and then multiple cables to cover all bases. Because I also usually chuck a Chromecast in there because it's so small and you can use your phone as the remote. So that just goes in. And then you can sometimes power them off the TV, but if it's not strong enough, 
So you end up with going through security <laughs> with the bag, like a sack full of cables and a router and some LAN cables. And uh, I haven't been stopped yet, but my bag does look a bit weird, I think. I have been stopped with my bag of cables before. And since then, I always take the little bag of cables out of my rucksack at this point. Well, when I travel somewhere and I'm driving, I take one of those big blue IKEA bags full of just all my tech. Just I just take everything I have just because you never know. I take all my cables, all my chargers. Well, usually I have to take my mixer and recording device thing and microphones and everything. So it all just goes in a giant IKEA bag in the back of the car. See, I try and keep mine down to backpack or quarter of a backpack size. So that's why everything fits really, really well. I have been tempted sometimes to take like a bigger router if I'm somewhere for longer, because obviously the smaller these things are, the range becomes, you know, the antennae are squashed. It's fine when you're a connecting client, like in a phone or a laptop around the screen, but when you're transmitting a Wi-Fi access point, you know, like the Raspberry Pi, for example, is pretty terrible at being a wireless access point. So it's quite impressive what these little things can do. But yeah, I I want to be able to carry everything in a backpack, ideally. So I guess that brings it to me then. So I travel pretty much every week for at least two days. And I started off taking a whole bunch of stuff with me, which then meant subsequently that I was taking a backpack full of tech plus a suitcase for clothes and other stuff. And that gets super tiring when you're on and off of trains and flights and the rest of it. So I spent a really long time trying to perfect it down to what is the minimum viable stuff that I can take to still satisfy recording this podcast or being secure and also being able to kick back in the hotel in an evening and watch Netflix or whatever. So I used to carry a little TP link. It was similar to your GLI net, Chris. It was WR902AC, which is a super low power TP link mobile router. And it was just powerful enough that you could flash open WRT on it and get a WireGuard connection back to home. I've since stopped using that and moved to a TP-Link M7350, which is an LTE router, mainly because in the UK, certainly, unlimited data contracts are relatively cheap, and I can sort of justify the 15 quid a month for an unlimited data contract. That number hurts me a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Dalton gets half a gigabyte for $100. <laughs> yeah, so it's unlimited unlimited 5G, uh, but the router already does uh, LTE for 15 quid a month. So that goes in the bag. Um, if I'm not traveling you know, particularly that much, I can just cancel the contract because it's a one-month rolling thing and then just sign up with another email address <laughs> to get the 15 quid a month deal again. So I've been doing that for a little while now, and that works pretty well. Most places I go, even if there's only 3G available, I can get around 10 megabits with 60 to 70 milliseconds of latency, which is is good enough for you know, browsing and watching Netflix at a hotel, that kind of thing. I used to also take a Chromecast, but since I've moved to the newer type of Chromecast that comes with the remote, and that's mainly because that can run a VPN itself, so it can run tail scale. And it could also do the captive portal stuff. So if I don't want to take the mobile router with me or I'm going abroad or somewhere where data is more expensive or not available, I can bypass the captive portal with it. And then other than that, I've got my recording setup, which is a little Behringer USB interface. And then I've got a mic and a stand and a pair of in-ear earbuds that I can fit in the mic case. 
So really, I've gone it down to I can take three days worth of clothes, the recording setup for this podcast and enough stuff to entertain me in the evenings within one backpack. I like the way you checked that you had your earbuds with you. Yes, I did. <laughs> I want to make sure everyone heard that. <laughs> yeah, I've been thinking of switching out the Chromecast to something, either a Fire Stick or one of those Chromecasts with a remote where you can run the VPN on the client with split tunneling and just pick the apps. Because obviously I travel in different countries and sometimes I want to watch British television. So I want some things to go back. And at the moment, the way I do it is I have policy-based routing on the router itself and I flip the endpoint just for the Chromecast and it filters the packets and says, oh, anything going to and from the Chromecast goes via this country. But it is more elegant because at home I have a VPN uh, provider and I have, you know, split tunneling there and say, only use the VPN for this app and then I'll change the endpoint just using the remote control, which is nicer. But it does mean you have to carry a remote control, which I might end up leaving behind <laughs> or losing. So, and then it just makes it an extra thing to carry. Yeah, for me, I think the trade-off of being able to use the hotel Wi-Fi for it and just be on the VPN back to the house to get the British TV programs was a trade-off worth making. The only other slight issue with it is that you can't just power it off the USB port on a TV. It needs USB-C with PD. So I've got a little Anker gallium nitride adapter that's got two USB-Cs and a USB-A, which is enough to charge the laptop and power the Chromecast at the same time. Yeah, that's where the difficulty I have with the actual computer is I often end up with like a stack of laptops <laughs> that are weak CPU, long battery life, and I'll pick up one of those. They're tend to be sort of Chromebook level specs because those little atoms are like six watt TDP and you know you're not going to do rendering on it or start compiling stuff but if it's just to have a machine with a keyboard and a screen and you can get basic computing done then they're handy but that's what I usually tend to chuck in I've got a couple of 11 inch screen ones that do the job yeah, that's the thing for me. I'm often traveling for work, so I need a machine that's a bit more powerful than that. And coming back to what Dalton said about cables, I've just standardized on only buying new devices that are either Lightning or USB-C, because I just got sick of carrying more than two types of cable with me. I'd like to be in your position, Gary, of uh, your privileged position of being able to say, right, that's it, nothing but USB-C and uh, Lightning because of your phone. But that's just not realistic for me. I've got so much old audio gear that um well like for example my main audio recorder slash mixer thing that is uh is it usb b the square printer one yeah yep yeah my audio interface is usb c but it's actually usb 2 with usb c weirdly my old audio interface was mini usb i've got loads of micro usb stuff so i just have to have a, a bag full of cables but talking of cables it's interesting that none of you have said anything about extension leads, mains, four-gang extension cables. I always carry one of them in my <laughs> luggage or my car or whatever because just always the outlets are just too far away from the bed or whatever in the hotel, I find. So I carry one of those abroad, but it's a British one that I cut the plug off of and put a Euro plug on. Ah. <laughs> so then I get four British sockets, albeit unfused for the cable that's going to the extension lead, but we'll ignore that slight safety concern. <laughs> <laughs> but when I'm in the UK, I generally stay at 
one of three or four different hotels so i know that there are outlets in a reasonable place Um, and i only take one power brick with me as well so if i'm far away from an outlet i guess that just sucks yeah i have those very long uh, fiber braided usb cables and a bit like gary i've tried to pick like i pick the router because it is powered by micro usb and the chromecast because it's powered from the tv so i just have to take this multi usb power brick and then i have these very long anchor red braided cables i think they're like six foot at least yeah they don't charge very quickly is the only problem the longer the lead the more the resistance in it i have found yeah this i mean as i say the router draws one amp sometimes the tv doesn't power the chromecast but it's one of those third gen ones the little puck ones so again it doesn't draw very much so you just about get away with it yeah, I think, like you said, Joe, the only exception I've got to the USB-C or Lightning rule is my audio interface, which is USB-B. But what I've bought is a USB-B to USB-C cable, so I don't need to take a dongle for the laptop. Right. Smart. I'm waiting for the news story where we hear that Gary's been in an awful electric fire. <laughs> his gang sockets blown up, followed by all of his daisy-chained interface cables. Holiday Inn Express Shoreditch burns to the ground. It wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> I'm surprised that none of you have talked about software at all. It's all been hardware. Is it because the software situation is just quite simple these days with WireGuard and TailScale and stuff? Yeah, for me, it's been I've moved to a combination of Tailscale and Joe's least favorite DNS providers, Zero Trust Solution. So for me, stuff is either sign in with my Google Apps account or it's available over Tailscale. So yeah, the software setup is relatively straightforward at this point, which is what allowed me to get rid of the TP-Link router in favor of the LTE one because I didn't need the always-on VPN anymore. Yeah, I I just... Uh... As I say, it's like bringing a LAN with me. I've set the SSID to one that is familiar to all of my extended family from where they are. And uh, I have on the router the tunnel. So it basically feels very little different from being at home. You just switch everything on and everything's available, even the stuff that is actually stuck at home. And it has even has a little captive portal feature on it in the firmware, in the stock firmware, so that you can authorize the router and it usually that's enough. And then all the traffic is behind NAT. And so it doesn't see that it's coming from various devices. It depends how sophisticated the hotel is though, or the Airbnb. Yeah, I found with a lot of hotels now, they very quickly work out that there is iPhone traffic and other traffic all coming from behind this same device and you get kicked, even if you do like a MAC address impersonation. It's only a matter of time before it gets worked out. The Hiltons have found it particularly bad for that. Mm, damn it. <laughs> I don't have all that much for home networking equipment, partially because this place is small and there's not a lot of places to fit home networking equipment. I've got my Synology and that's it. And the thing is, it runs... Okay, yeah, it runs Tailscale. But they've also got Quick Connect available, which either punches through NAT or just uses their relay, which is slow, but if I'm on the road and needing to access something on my Synology, it's probably okay for it to be slow. Yeah, it's kind of the same with me. My primary file storage, when I started traveling so much, I moved all of it to Google Drive, and I've got two terabytes in there, which is enough for all the stuff I need to access day to day, and that syncs back down to the Synology in the house. So 
is very rare now that I need to pull a file directly off of the Synology when I'm on the road, and I can deal with the yeah, 15, 20 megabit hotel Wi-Fi if I need to. I just pull the file overnight. It's also great because you know my wife is also with me and my kids and stuff, and they don't even have to think about it, and nor do I with their devices. Like I don't have to go, oh, give me your phone, I need to put you on a special VPN connection or anything like that. Again, with policy-based routing as well, like I have to do a little bit of admin, but they just pick up their devices and they work. Like the Wi-Fi is already a safe network and it punches through. And uh, that is so much less hassle for just chucking a small amount of stuff in your bag. And it's great that it's come on to that because, yeah, there would have been a time where you would have had to go around going, oh, right now I need to bring this up. Oh no, you're on the wrong VPN endpoint. That's why... The BBC isn't working or whatever. So it's much easier now. Yeah, there's certainly a value when you've got your family with you of having it just work. But I do the similar thing to you, Chris. The SSID on the mobile router is the same as the one at home. And I don't have to worry about, uh, I can't get the captive portal to work on the hotel Wi-Fi or whatever. That's smart because you've already done it. Yep, it's all done. I just plug it in. I deal with all that crap. And then my family's phones, tablets, laptops just work. Well, we better get out of here then. Do let us know what your travel tech must-haves are. You can email us, show at linuxafterdark.net. We'll be back in two weeks. But until then, I've been Joe. I've been Chris. I've been Gary. And I've been Dalton. See you later. See you later.